Sorry, I might be having a technical difficulty. We'll find out in a minute. Hey, if this is your first Sunday with us, would you give us your information, your digits, whatever? However, it's a cool way to say that. Imagine I said it cool, all right? Are you guys awake? Before I even go any further, are you awake? You guys seem a little mellow. <laughs> and it might be me. I'm a little tired today, so please, uh, please be patient. So I need some of your energy, so you just help me out, okay? You can do that? All right, good deal. All right. So, uh, like I said, if you just text the word welcome to 307-224-4404, uh, that will give us your information. We could get you in the loop on emails and texts and those kind of things. If you're online, just feel free to comment right now. In fact, everybody that's online, I'm looking at the camera, not you guys for a second, okay? Make sure that you just comment. Let us know you're there. It would really encourage everyone, okay? So, uh, also, that's your numbers. Also, we have a giving tree in the back. We're trying to help out some families in the church with gift cards and, and gifts and those kind of things. So if you want to put something in an envelope, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but it's back there, and Hallie's back there watching the tree, so she'll be happy to just take your $100 bills and shove it in the branches somehow, I guess. That's, that's good. Or big checks, blank checks, whatever you want to do, okay? Uh, but we are trying to help out some families in, our, in the church, and so if you do know of a family in need, please let myself, Pastor Michael, Pastor Steve, uh, John or Tammy or Christy Maynard, uh, let one of those people know, okay? Uh, also, on the eve of Christmas Eve, I know it's weird, just it's okay. It's been a weird year, so why not be weird this year, okay? Uh, but we're going to do a, a Christmas Eve service on the eve of Christmas Eve this year, which is the Wednesday night before. It'll be at 6 o'clock. We're going to do it here. We're going to partner with Assembly, First Assembly, and with New Hope Baptist Church as well. Uh, and we'll also be streaming it online, and then we'll also be available online for Christmas Eve if you can make it Wednesday night, it'll be available on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page, okay? So I just want to let you know about that, 6 o'clock, December 23rd. All right, let's get into our message today. Uh, we are in a series called How Sweet the Sound, which Pastor Steve has already uh, kind of uh, informed you as to where we're going. And today we're looking at the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, which we just sang. Man, and I haven't, uh, haven't sang that one in a while. That last verse kind of got a hold of me there, so if I scared you... Good. All right. That's how I like it. I like to scare people, okay? So um, the, the main point we want to get to today, and as, as we work through this message, just this. Peace, true peace, is not the absence of problems. True peace is not the absence of problems. True peace is found in the presence of God. And that presence is discovered uh, through, many, through prayer in its many forms. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, is, is how prayer can help us and how we can lean into prayer. And I want to make it super practical by the time we're done. But we're also going to take a, a few paths to lean into the power of prayer and how you can use it into your life. You know, if, if you looked around the room right now, not only would you see everybody wearing masks, but you'd also see, <laughs> you'd just see a lot of people with problems. Right? I mean, people have challenges. All kinds of different problems in this room. You know, one thing I've, I've learned, I used to think when I was young and, and really broke, I mean, now I'm just normal broke, but I managed to be really broke. And I, I used to think, man, if I just had money, if I could just get enough money or, or get a better car or more dependable transportation or a nicer house, then I would have less problems. And as I've gotten older, I realize how much you make and the things you possess in life have very little to do with your problems. Everybody has problems. How much money you make and the possessions you have may change the makeup of your problems, but everybody has problems. And they're, they're probably not going to go away in this life. You're going to have challenges your entire life. 
And so how are you going to handle those challenges? Are you just going to keep letting them knock down? Are you going to find a way that you can step forward and stand up to those challenges and still remain at peace even though your life might be a storm? And that's where this hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, really kind of leans into how we can trust him through the trials. And we're going to look at the guy who wrote that hymn in just a few minutes and you're going to see that, that how he wrote it came out of some real problems and trials in his life. And so that should greatly encourage us. So we're, we'll think about that phrase, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. So I want to look at a text that, that is one of my favorites that will... Um, that will really hopefully lay a foundation for prayer in your life. First, I mean, yeah, first Philippians. There's only one Philippians, so just checking. First Philippians, verses 1 and verses 4 through 9. Now, I, want, I don't want you just to hear the words. I want you to hear Paul's heart. We'll talk a little bit more about where he wrote this from later. But just hear this beautiful, beautiful passage. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters... Stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends. For you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we could understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And there's power in the presence of God. And that is what you and I need more. It's what we hunger for more than we will ever realize is just to be in the presence of God. And when I talk about prayer, I want you to, to try and wrap your, your heart and your mind around this. I am not talking about dutiful prayer. I'm not, a, I'm not talking about praying every morning because that's your routine to pray or getting a, on the schedule for prayer. I'm not talking about praying because you have to or you should. I'm talking about being in prayer because you need the presence of God with you every moment of every single day. I, I don't know that there's a, a reward in dutiful prayer. However, I do know that sometimes we have to work through the awkwardness of prayer and, and, and get to that place where our soul is calmed and our minds are settled and our hope is realigned with the focus of our hope. God the Father and Jesus Christ. And so prayer has this this need in our life. So I want to deal with some misconceptions about prayer. And I might have a little fun. It's possible. I could have a lot more fun than you think is right, but it's okay. 
What are some problems with prayer? What are some misconceptions about prayer? Well, a lot of times people think prayer is like complicated. They, uh, I don't know, you come to, you come to church to hear myself or Pastor Michael, Pastor Steve pray. And, and, and actually, I feel like that we are pretty ordinary guys and we pray in pretty ordinary ways. We don't have prayer books. We don't pray in King James. Although I find that very entertaining when people do. Oh, Lord, thou Godest and is heavenest. Have merciest upon us, meest. Dude, I just, I don't know if you know this or not, but the King James Version of the Bible is like 400 years old. We talk a little bit different today. When it came out, uh, it was actually how people talked. <laughs> so I know God understands normal English is all I'm saying. All right? <laughs> I'm not... I'm not trying to insult you, I'm just saying, chill. Because sometimes, you know, you like you go to that small group, and that, that sister of the Lord starts praying, and, and you're like, she's probably Jesus' sister, <laughs> the way she's praying. Uh, and you're like totally intimidated. And so times, sometimes, sometimes prayer can be really intimidating, you know? And, and, and there's been all kinds of tools out there to try and help us. And I, I have some on this the slide here, different things that people, acronyms people have developed to, to help us pray. And, and then they're meant to be helpful, but they get like overwhelming, you know? And so you're like, you got to pray with acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and a dictionary, because I don't know what some of those words mean, you know? <laughs> and, and you, you got to pray with heart, and you got to pray, praise, repent, ask, yield, all this kind of stuff, you know, and it's great. And everyone gives you advice. You need to pray early in the morning. Well, some of us aren't awakened. Some of us don't do mornings, right? You can, I do, but because I, I have no choice. I don't want to do mornings, but I have no choice. I'm awake early. Uh, they tell you you got to pray an hour a day, uh, you know, or, or you've got you've to, let's see, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, when you're new to praying, uh, that's a little vague. You're not sure what that kind of means. And my favorite, my favorite, is you got to pray a hedge around your family from the devil because he's allergic to shrubbery, apparently. <laughs> you know? What, what, what does that I mean? I'm just poking fun at some of the things that freak us out about prayer. And here's what I'm here to tell you. I am a normal, ordinary dude, and I don't, you don't pray that stuff. Here's, here's what I do. Hey, Papa, I really need some help today. That's where my prayer life starts. It's real simple. And, and we'll talk about that conversation going on. However, I have to have a, just a little bit more fun. Is that, is that okay? You guys ever seen any of those Tyler Perry movies? I'm not recommending them. I'm just saying, you ever, you ever seen, there's one called I Can Do Bad all by myself where Medea, this girl who's a troubled youth, comes to Medea and asks her to teach her about prayer. <laughs> And it's one of the funniest scenes as a pastor that you will ever, ever watch. Medea prays for this girl, and she says, God, you are Jehovah Nisan. <laughs> and, and God, your word is so good, it melts in your mouth and not in your hands. <laughs> and God, you are good. You are good, oh God, to the last drop. <laughs> God, you're like a good neighbor. You're always there. <laughs> I love that prayer, man. I mean, seriously, if, if it would be better that just plunge into prayer is, I guess, the point I'm making. Actually, from that very same movie, I, I put it on a slide so you could see it. Medea gives up praying, and she says to this young girl, she says, all right, well, look, 
I don't know anything about praying. But all praying is is talking to God and having a conversation with Him. And at the end, you, you say the name of Jesus, and that's your stamp, and that'll get it up there to Him, you hear? I'm not sure about the theology, but I'll tell you this. It's a whole lot better to start awkwardly praying. If you're ever going to do anything well, you have to start in the land of awkward. And that's where prayer is. Just, it's a conversation. In fact, the truth is, you and I have this conversation going on between our ears all the time. With ourselves. And we're like, well, uh, do I want to be to work early or should I be a few minutes late? And you always go with the late. Should I have a cup of coffee or not? Uh, how do I take care of these problems? How do I get these bills paid? Is my wife or husband going to be uh, mad at me when I get home? Are there eggshells? Am I going to be walking on eggshells the rest of the night? Are the, are the kids, in the, are they sweet children that I gave birth to? Are they my spouse's demon children? Which one are they when I get home today? You know, this conversation going on in your head. Prayer is just taking that conversation that's between you and you and flipping it and making it a conversation between you and your father. It's that simple. It's not really that awkward at all. So there are some misconceptions that you can help. Sometimes we think prayer is boring. I fall asleep sometimes when I pray. I'm, I'm, not, gonna kid, I'm not kidding. I have a prayer chair. It's also my nap chair. It starts out the prayer chair, becomes the nap chair, and, you know, sometimes slips out of it. I'm ADD when I pray. And I don't know if you guys are that way or not, but uh, I'll get to praying, and all of a sudden I'll get a text, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer the text. Or I'll start praying, and I'll realize I don't realize uh, some weird fact that I need. I used to be in radio, so the need for uh, useless information is strong with this one. You know, and I might want to know how long a dog's tail is normally on a chihuahua. I might want to know that. And I'm like, dear Google, how long is a chihuahua's tail? It, it, could, it could happen. My brain just goes weird places. This, you're, Michael, you're shaking your head. You're, you don't do that. I'm the ADD one when I pray. When you pray, it's like, fatherest, lordest, you're right on track, man. As I was writing this, as I was writing, thinking about prayer, I had this weird thought go through my head. Is, can I share it with you? Or you, you just... I was thinking, I wonder if a moose could crossbreed with a skunk. We have a moose skunk. <laughs> and, then, and then I was stopped, and I'm going, I need to pray for Michael and Steve. <laughs> I said, Lord, bless Michael and Steve, and please don't let skunks and mooses crossbreed whatever you do, because Wyoming has enough challenges without giant moose skunks running around. So I'm just saying, what? Michael, what are you trying to say? I'm just trying to say all this stuff is normal. You're like, well, Michael, I don't think you're normal. Okay, well, I'm, I'm trying to set the bar low. So, so that when you realize that prayer, it's okay if it's awkward. It's, it's okay to work through the boring parts of it. I tell you the one that's a little bit more serious is um, almost everybody's tried prayer. Lord, please let that cop's, cop's radar detector not be on, you know. <laughs> and uh, please let my boss not be a grump today. Let me get a job with benefits, all these kind of things. We've all prayed. But a lot of times, 
we don't feel like God answered. And we prayed for somebody, and, and God didn't do what we asked him to do. And because God didn't do what we asked him to do, we think that prayer doesn't work. And we begin to ask the question, does God, does God even care about me? And so those are some misconceptions about prayer. But let me just share this with you out of the Passion Translation, John 15. God says through Jesus, he says, I've never, I have never called you servants. Because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master's doing. But I call you my most intimate friends. For I reveal to you everything I've heard from my father. So if you wanted to know if God cares. God calls you a friend. I I don't know what you call him. And he's actually not concerned about that. He's concerned that he's chosen to call you his intimate friends. So God does care. Prayer does work. Prayer isn't boring. It might be awkward at first, but I'm going to get, there's going to be a lot of reasons why that's going to be so good in your life, to work through that awkwardness. The book, the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, was written by a man named Joseph Scriven. Sorry, my tongue got tangled. I washed this morning, can't do a thing with it. I'm sorry, it's an old, old preacher joke. Uh, he was an Irishman born in the 1800s. So his story, I want to just share with you a little bit into his story. I can't share all of it, obviously, but when he was a young man, he, he fell in love. That ever happened to you guys? You ever fall in love? Valentine cards all of a sudden started to make sense? Uh, you know that. I heard a guy say one time, life is one full thing after another. Love is two full things after each other. And I, I always thought that was... Really good. So uh, anyway, fell in love, fell in love. But the story got sad because, uh, you know, this is in the 1800s. And the day before, literally the day before the wedding, his wife was riding on horseback to meet him. And she was thrown off of her horse, knocked unconscious, and rolled into a stream and drowned moments before he arrived. So his first love died right away, you know, when he was young. So that was the beginning of his uh, of his grief and his sorrow. And so after a while, he decided there was nothing for him in Ireland, so he moved to Canada. And in Canada, he met Jesus. He, he became a believer, and he set out to live the Sermon on the Mount. He took a vow of poverty, and he, he set out to just be what Jesus told us to be. And so he would not work for people who could pay him. Last week, we talked about John Newton, the great blasphemer, well, Joseph Scrivener was known as the Good Samaritan. And so he would help people and, and meet their needs and, and just live in squalor to meet the needs of others. That was his pursuit of Jesus. And, and, and through that, he met another girl. So it's rare to find the love of your life once. Well, he found her twice. And her name was Alicia, Elisa Rosh. And he met her. They, she saw his maturity, his spiritual life and 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 how close he was to jesus she, and she her heart just went out to him they got engaged and three months before the wedding she contacted pneumonia and at the age of 23 she died twice he lost the love of his life so i, I want you to see that the guy who wrote what a friend that we have in jesus was a guy who knew grief but let me tell you a little bit more that that is the cause of him because you would not have this hymn if this hadn't happened, you see, he chose, he took a vow of poverty. He had no money. 
His mother back in Ireland was dying, and he could not go. He could not afford the money. He couldn't afford the trip. So he wrote a poem and sent it to his mother, and that poem is the hymn that we just sang, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. God took a a man who'd gone through terrible tragedy and grief, and he took a situation which was, was, was sad, which was hopeless, and out of that gave the world a piece of music that has blessed lives for centuries now. Because that's how God works. He can take things that don't make sense, things that are bad, and he can use those things to do glorious things that bless people and, and encourage people. I want to... So that's Joseph's story. I wanted, to refer, I wanted to jump over to James for a second and think about something that he said in James 5.16. He said, excuse me, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Prayer. Prayer, guys. Prayer is what changes things. Prayer produces wonderful results. Prayer heals. Prayer changes things. Prayer. We need to get this into our hearts. We're Americans. We're in the West. We're in Wyoming. We do things ourselves. We are independent. We cowboy up. And we miss the power of God and settle for only what our hands can accomplish. Because we do not lean heavily, even initially, into prayer. And so, this is if we can learn this, this powerful connection with our Father God, this powerful source for strength. We, we can begin to change things. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer calms storms. And when we pray, yes, sometimes we are asking God to change our circumstances. But here's the thing, guys. God may not change your circumstances. He didn't change Joseph Scribner's circumstances, so he got to go back to Ireland. Instead, what he did was he gave the world a powerful hymn. And we're about to look at the Apostle Paul and, and his letter as well, and how God used suffering in his life to give the world things that they need. We don't, my, my, my thing is, we don't need God to change things. We actually don't need God to change things. We don't need God to manipulate the world or defy people's choices and change them in that way. We just need to know. That in some way, God is able to bring about good even if our situation doesn't change. Sometimes we start praying and we give up on prayer thinking it doesn't work because our circumstances didn't change and we don't realize that our Father God is doing so much more in our lives than our immediate problems. He's doing so much more in the world through your life than your immediate circumstances and challenges and relationships. And you have to understand, God's playing a lot longer game than you are on a lot larger scale. 
And that's why he tells us to trust him, to believe in him, to lean in him, to pray and not give up. Because God is working and God is moving. If you really want to change the world, you'll be a prayer warrior first. I mean, it's great if you can collect money and start nonprofit organizations. It's great if you can knock on all the doors in your neighborhood and build relationships and friends and bring Christ to your neighborhood. All these things are great. But if you are not a prayer warrior, then it's all your strength. You'll get tired. You'll quit. Eventually you'll give up because your energy only goes so far. But there is no limit to how far your prayers can go. There is no end to how far they can go. So, we, we need that presence in our life. So let's talk a little bit <coughs> about how to pray. And now let's talk, get back to Ephesians, uh, Philippians. Oh my gosh, I can't get the books of the Bible right today. Philippians chapter 4. I love Philippians chapter 4. It has this verse that like beats me up. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Isn't that, isn't that a good verse? Here's the thing. You read that verse, and you know that verse from a churchy context. You know it from a pastor saying it, from a meme on your screen, from the verses you've read, from a highlight in your Bible, and you know this verse a little bit. Do you know where this verse came from? You see, the Apostle Paul had a dream. He wanted to go to Rome. That was the dream, to get to Rome. And, and in his mind, I believe, based on his account in the, in the book of Romans, I believe that what he wanted to do was he was going to go to Rome and do what he always does, which was fix tents and preach the gospel, go to the synagogues until they threw him out, build relationships, and start churches. That was kind of his uh, modus operandi, or operandi modus, uh, modus operandi, that's it, okay. That was how he did things. That is not how he went to Rome. He went to Rome on the worst cruise ever. It got like one star on Yelp. Room was filthy, boat sank. He didn't get to Rome as a tent maker, he got to Rome as a criminal. He got to Rome uh, with his uh, room and board being a jail cell. With the stench of uh, rats and rotten food and, and everything else so common that you didn't even smell it anymore. Your brain just blocks it out. That is how he, that was the kind of context Paul's in as he's writing this. He's in jail. He's saying rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice from a jail cell. As he's writing maybe with a quill or however he's writing Chains are rattling off his wrist. There's nothing churchy about where the book of Philippians comes from. There's nothing clean and, and, and holy looking about this nasty jail cell where a criminal's writing a letter for you and I to access later in our lives. You've you got to understand this. And here's what I want you to realize. The guy who wrote this is teaching us how to pray. And he's telling us to rejoice how did he get there? Because that conversation between your ears, that's between you and you, and Paul's head, that conversation was between him and Jesus. In Paul's mind, everything that's happening in his life is an ongoing prayer without ceasing conversation with God. 
His life is prayer. So you want to learn how to pray? Well, sometimes prayer is just as simple as talking to God. It's about, it's about talking to God about the things you're going through, the pain in your life, the things you're excited about, the things that are a blessing. You do know that God wants to bless you, right? Did you know that? Did you know that he loves blessing you? How would that change your, your prayer life? If you got up in the morning and you had that list of things you're worried about and you're praying about, but the foundational thought underneath everything you prayed for was this, God really likes me. God really wants to bless my socks off today. He does. A few years ago, I heard the term favor in a way I'd never considered it before. Favor. It's the year of the Lord's favors is a, a quote that Jesus quoted from Isaiah. That his coming would bring favor. And, and, and now I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to Walmart. I don't like to go to Walmart, but I'll go. Nothing against Walmart. I just don't want to go there, okay? You say, Walmart, my feet are hurting right now. That's just how I feel. I'll go to Walmart, though, and I'll go, man, Lord, you know I'm too lazy to walk. <sighs> That's why. Never mind. You know I'm too lazy to walk. And they'll, I'll, I'll pull into my row. I have a row. Does anyone else have a, a place they park at Walmart? I, I do. My row. I pull in. I enter the same way. I leave the same way. I'm a creature of habit. It's stupid, and I love it. Leave me alone. I'll pull into my aisle, head down, and, and not every time, but I can't tell you how many times a third or fourth parking space on the right side of my aisle is open, and I'll go, favor. Come on, you say it. Favor. Real high pitchy, like, do it. Come on. Favor. God wants to bless you, man. And so think about that. The next time you're talking to him, as you're talking to him now, when you get the when the things come along, the circumstances stink, it doesn't mean your Father God has somehow stopped wanting to bless you. He wants to bless you. He gave you His Son. Romans 8 says, how, how will He not, with His Son, give us all things? So it's favor in your life. And so we can pray and we can just talk to God and we can have these intimate conversations and life conversations with God. Ah, man. You ever just get blown away about how good God is? And, and you just, I've had several instances over the last few months in particular where I, I'm just looking at the blessing of God that not only do I, do, do I not deserve, I should not be enjoying, you know? It shouldn't be mine. And I'm just blown away by how good Father God is. And by the way, if, if I start going through bad things, it will not change the goodness of God. It just means I live in a broken world and bad things happen. That's all. But God blesses us through those things. So sometimes prayer is just talking to God. Sometimes prayer is venting to God. I, if, if Some of you really may need to get this. I learned this the hard way. Meaning that I went through difficult times that there wasn't a nice, clean answer for, and I got mad at God about it. You ever get mad at God? Don't lie, you're in church. Don't let him bless you right here in front of all of us now. You see, Paul writes, in, I mean, Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 7, give all 
give all, everybody say all. all. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. All of them. All of them. By the way, if you're mad at God, do you think he doesn't know? Do you think he's in heaven going, gee, I wonder if Christy's upset with me. She's slamming those pots around. Probably Michael again. Here's what I'm telling you. Of course, I don't mean for you to be irreverent or disrespectful, but when you need to open up and vent and yell or whatever it is you have to do, include God in the conversation. Get him in on this thing. I'm telling you guys, it will take you to healing so much faster. I remember several years ago, I was having a, a challenge in my life, and I was on a walk. Yes, I do walk. Taking a walk, and I was crying because I was so frustrated with my situation. And I remember yelling at God, don't you even care about me? (laughs) Other people, they have it easier than me. I think you'd be nicer to me. (laughs) And he listened, and he loved me, and he waited for me to work through it. And he grew me into my circumstances. And he was totally okay with what I was going through. Sometimes you vent to God, and I want to give you permission to do that. God, that hurt. God, that wasn't what I expected you to do. God, that's the opposite of what I was asking for. The only people who do not struggle with God are people who do not have a relationship with God. They know about him, they may be religious, they may even go to church, but I'm telling you, a real relationship of any kind involves fights and disagreements and misunderstandings. A real relationship with God is the same. That makes sense, doesn't it? That's not a, not a big leap. Sometimes we talk to God, sometimes we vent to God, and of course, We need to listen to God. This is very important. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Billy Graham once said, prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. It's a two-way conversation. Just like the prophet Samuel, when he was a boy, was told by Eli to say to God, the next time I heard his voice, speak, Lord, I'm listening, this is a le- that's a lesson we all need to, in our lives, to look at everything and know that God is speaking. Guys, God is speaking. He's not leaving you out of the loop. You may not be tuned into his frequency. That's usually the problem. It's never that God is silent. It's usually that we're on the wrong station. Okay? But if you begin to look at your life with a lens of God's goodness... If you begin to look at your life with the lens of God's favor, you're going to begin to see God and hear God in your circumstances, in your challenges. And so I just want you to know, sometimes, yeah, we listen to God. Does he speak to you audibly? I'm going to tell you something. Everybody I know that claims to have an audible experience with God was called to do something really hard. So I'm not really sure I want an audible. All right? But he may... It may be like today we were singing What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and I hadn't sang that last verse in so long, because I was a Baptist. We only sang, you know, the first, third, fifth. Only the Baptists get that. Anyway, so 
And I, man, that, that last verse that just focuses on the day that we don't have to pray because we are continually in presence. We don't have to pray into presence because we just inhabit his presence. His presence inhabits us. It was just powerful. The song took on new meaning to me. In a few weeks, we're going to do the song, It Is Well, and I'll share with you some of the stories from my life. That's my favorite hymn. And verse 3 is the, the best verse of music, a lyric that has ever been written, ever and ever will be. It is second only to the Word of God itself. And if you, are, if you don't agree with me, tough. You're wrong. All right. I think I got that point driven in. All I know is that everything that happened in your life may not just be your circumstances going bad. It might be the voice of God saying something. Just remember, if Paul hadn't gone to jail for a long time, you wouldn't have most of the New Testament. He would have been out preaching what he actually wrote down. So the, these events in his life that were hard and suffering became good for all of us. So prayer is sometimes... It's listening. Sometimes it's venting. Sometimes it's talking. And at all times, it should be gratitude. At all times, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. So, I'm so out of time, but here comes... But actually, it's 10 till 10, and it's, it's going to stay that forever because the battery hasn't been changed. Hallelujah. Bless God. So... Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. This peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let me just give you this little idea. Prayer may or may not change your circumstances. Prayer may or may not change your circumstances, but I will promise you this, prayer will change you. And in that equation, you're the one who always needs to grow. You and I need to grow into our circumstances, grow into our challenges, grow into our problems with God. I love that line. What peace we often forfeit, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Written by a man who knew grief, who knew poverty, who knew isolation, knew separation from the people he loved. And here he's telling us, take it all to God in prayer. Don't give up your peace just because your circumstances aren't good. True peace isn't the absence of problems. True peace is found in the presence of God. And that last hymn, what a having Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Is that a good hymn or what? Put in a good light. As I close, let me ask a question. Do you need prayer? Do you need to pray? Do you need other people praying over you? Do you need prayer? This is a... If we could learn to start with prayer, to start there, I think our, our circumstances... I think the more you pray, the bigger God gets and the smaller your problems get. And the problems don't have to change at all. What changes is your perspective. I mean, you know, a, a, a big old grizzly bear down on the ground is a, is a big problem. But 30 feet up in a tree, he's still a big problem because he's climbing up to get you. But I mean, the higher you get, the smaller that problem looks. 
And so prayer takes us into that throne room and sets us free. Let's bow our heads. Worship team. Father God, I know there's people that need prayer in the room. I'm one of them. All of us have, sorry, all of us have things and problems and challenges in our life. All of us have hopes and dreams that we aspire to. Many of us have a, a mission that we are set on for you. And Lord, those can be some of the most challenging prayers. Lord, I just ask that you would encourage the hearts of men and women in this room, those that are joining us online. I pray you to encourage our hearts to pray. To not just file this message and this service away and a thing I did today, my, my church thing, my faith thing. But Lord, to realize that prayer has just got to be a bedrock of who I am. It's got to be a core of my identity. It's got to be this ongoing conversation in my head and my heart and with my lips with my Father because of what Jesus has done and because of the Spirit that's within us. I ask you, Father, to bring out prayer. And I ask you also, Lord, for any life in this room that needs prayer today, that they will get it. Father, I pray that they'll have the courage to ask someone to pray for them, to ask me to pray over them. I'd love to, or Pastor Michael, or my wife. I just pray that no one leaves here without what they need from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.